We're going to uh, switch things up a little bit. I'm going to ask you to stay where you are, and this will be our adults' focus, because the sermon, as I promised last week, is really going to be focused uh, for the children. So again, this is uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, and, and you can see there that, that this, uh, this, this text is in the middle of, of what is known as the household code, where, where Paul has first been talking about, about husbands and wives, and then is, is talking about children and parents, and then he's going to talk about slaves and masters, which under, under that time were, were part of the same household. So, so there's some, some things that we can all learn from this. And again, I'm going to focus on the children in a few minutes. So again, this, this focus here, these first three verses, I believe uh, is, is from the context is really on children. And you can see that from the, the first word of chapter 6, uh, verse 1, where he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And the word that's translated there, children, uh, is, is really uh, children who are living at home. Probably uh, those who are, are, are not yet adults are still under the authority of their parents while they're living under their parents' roof. And so what would, would be in mind there are, are unmarried children. Okay, so, so um, some of us here who are more adults, that still does apply. But, but again, I, I want us all to think first of what this means for us as adults. This command specifically for children to obey your parents in the Lord, well, obviously it doesn't directly apply to those who are married, because remember, we saw from the end of chapter 5 that you are to leave and cleave, right? You're to leave your parents and cleave to your husband and wife. And so you're not really under the authority of your parents. Now, not all of us here are parents, but we are all children in one sense, right? We all have parents. And so if we go into verses 2 and 3, this command to honor your father and mother, uh, although I believe the Apostle Paul here is specifically thinking of, of children who are, under their, who are under their parents' authority, this is a broader command. This is a command for, for all of us. When it's given in Exodus 20 and in Deuteronomy 5, this is a command for all of us to honor our parents. A command for all of us to honor our father and mother. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes that comes a little bit more difficult to me. Sometimes I have a hard time honoring my parents. Well, I guess probably more accurately, sometimes I'm aware of the difficulty that I have in honoring my parents. Because in reality, it's, 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 it's almost always the case when you consider what the standard of, of Christ is and the obedience that we're all called to. I remember one time, just several years ago, I was, uh, I was still living at home and, and I was, was praying, Lord, please help me to honor my parents as, as you're calling me to do in your word. Help me to honor my father and my mother. And then I went upstairs, and this is the first thing in the morning, I went upstairs and, and my dad came out and within 10 minutes, we had a big old argument. And I was like, Lord, I just prayed that you help me to do this. But I really believe in one sense that that was an answer to my prayer. Not that God was the author of my sin, but what the Lord was doing was revealing my sin. To help me to see just how, how much I have a problem with obeying that. So for us as, as adult children, what does it look like for us to honor our parents? Well, well some of us here have, have parents who, who are no longer living. I, I think we can still honor our parents in the way we're called to by honoring their memory. 
by speaking well of them to other people. And by, 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 by really thinking well of them in our own hearts. And for those of us who have or adult children who have parents who are still living, then, then we, we need to look for practical ways to honor them. I, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time in, in the hospital and, and in care homes, and it is so depressing to see so many senior citizens who have been really just shut up in a, in a care home and are almost never visited by their children. It, it shouldn't be that way. This is not honoring your father and mother. Now, I'm not saying that, I know, I'm not saying that there's, that, that if you can have your parents in your home, that is a great thing and it's a great way to honor them. But I'm not saying that it always has to be the case, but don't just put them there and forget about them. You need to, to remember, remember them and to be in regular contact with them, regularly visiting them. This is a way you can honor your parents. Many of us here are, are adult children who have parents who are unbelievers. Well, there's no statute of limitations on honor your father and mother. We are told to honor our father and mother even if they're unbelievers. Now, that's going to look different than it will be than it will if you have parents who are believers. Because there's going to be times that, that, that your parents are going to give you counsel or want you to do things that are unbiblical, and then you have a responsibility, ultimately out of obedience to God, to obey Him rather than them. But there's even a way that you can do that respectfully and honoring them. This, this command for, for us as adult children to honor our father and mother extends also to our in-laws. You know, there, there's so many jokes about in-laws, and they're, they're, they're called outlaws. But the reality is we are to honor our mother-in-law and our father-in-law as we would our own mother and father in obedience to this command from God's word. The reality is when we do not honor our father and mother as God is calling, him, calling us to, we are really not honoring God as he commands us to. This is the fifth commandment. This is... This is one of the basics. We're all commanded to honor our father and mother. So that's our focus for the, the adults here, and, and, and there's something for you, to, for, for, for you to chew on. But now let's, let's go into what, what I believe Paul's main focus is here uh, on, on dealing with, with, with children who are still under their parents' authority. Have you ever read the Berenstein Bears? And we were talking about the Berenstein Bears over breakfast uh, yesterday, and, and Joshua was saying that when he was growing up, he wasn't allowed to, to read the Berenstein Bears. And, you know, we were, we were given a number of Berenstein Bears books for Liam, and he really likes the Berenstein Bears, but we've actually had to take some of the Berenstein Bears books and throw them in the garbage. Well, why? That, that, doesn't, that might sound a little bit harsher or narrow, but it's because of the way that parents are presented, often presented in those books. Mama Bear is, is, is often yelling. She gets really mad. Right? You remember that from the stories. Papa Bear is often presented as foolish, like he's a big oaf. And brother and sister bear fight all the time and are disrespectful to their parents. And so we... we we don't believe that 
that it's right for our children to be exposed to a message that would be telling them that it's okay to disrespect your parents. And so we've said, well, we, we don't want Liam and Owen to be exposed to that. Now, whether you have the Bernstein Bears in your home or, or not is, is not the issue here, but we need to realize that there is, there is a message that is going out to our children. It's not just the Bernstein Bears, but in all kinds of books and television and movies. Just, just watch TV. If you're going to watch TV, watch it with a critical eye. And watch how parents are presented, and especially dads, in so much of our, our popular media. There's a message that's there. And as if it's not hard enough for our kids to obey on their own, right guys, you know that it's sometimes hard to obey your parents, right? Well, when you're getting all these messages that tell you it's okay to obey your parents, it makes it even harder. What, what do, you, do you think the Bible says about honoring your father and mother? Well, the Bible says that, that all sin is bad. Right? We know that all sin is bad, but the Bible also says that some sins are actually worse than others. What do you think some of the, the worst kinds of sins are? Lying. Right, that's, a, that's a bad one. Murder. Hating God. Those are really, really bad sins. But you know that there's one sin that God puts on the list of sins that, that you might be surprised at, that God puts disobedience to parents in the same list as he does with lying and murder and hating God. In Romans 1, the Apostle Paul says that when people reject God, he gives them over to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. He's saying that when, when, when people... God's saying, if, if you're going to turn away from me, I'm going to leave you to your sin. I'm going to let you see where your sin is going to take you. I'm going to let it get a whole lot worse, and you're not even going to know how bad it is until that judgment comes. And Paul says in verses 29 to 32 of, of Romans 1, now listen carefully for the sin that I'm talking about. He says, they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, they're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So did you hear that there? Right in the middle of that list of all those really, really bad sins is disobedience to parents. It's not the only time that, that we see that in the Bible. It's also there in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5, right in the middle of another list of really, really bad sins. Paul says that in the last days, people will be disobedient to parents. And he says that we should avoid people like that. Can you maybe think about... about People that, about friends that you have in school in your neighborhood that, that are disobedient to your parents. Do you, do you know people like that? Well, the Apostle Paul warns you that you should avoid people like that. But what about you? 
Are you like that? Are you disobedient to your parents? Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 3, our passage for this morning, the Apostle Paul says first in, in verse 1, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. What does it mean to, to obey your, to, what does it mean to be obedient to your parents, to, be, to obey them? Well, if you're going to understand what it means to be obedient, to obey, it might be helpful for you to, to get a bit of a picture of what it means to be disobedient. When your parents tell you to do something, do you do it immediately, or do you dawdle and get distracted? If you do that, that's being disobedient. When your parents to do, to tell you to do something, do you finish it and finish it well, or do you do kind of a shoddy, half-hearted effort? Well, if you do, then that's disobedient. When your parents tell you to do something, do you say, yes, mom, or yes, dad, and go and do it, e even if it's something you don't want to do, or, or instead do you complain about it? Even in your mind. Well, that's being disobedient. So kids, can you see what it means to, to obey your parents? It's when your mom and dad tell you to do something, you must do it right away, all the way, in a happy way. Right? You need to obey your parents right away, all the way, in a happy way. So did you catch that? Right away, as soon as they tell you. As soon as your parents do something, you need to go and do it, and you must do a good job with it, and you must do it in a happy way. You have to do it from a happy heart. So just think about this first one. If, you're, if your parents tell you to, to come to them, do you, do you do it immediately? Or, or do you get distracted by a butterfly that's, that's flying by? Or, or do, you, do you stop to retie your shoelaces even though they're already tied? That's disobedience. It needs to be right away. Anything less than right away is disobedience. Also, when your parents tell you to do something, you, you need to do it all the way. You don't just do part of it. You, you don't just, just, you don't do part of it, you don't do a poor job. And, you know, think one example is, is cleaning your room. Now, when your parents tell you to clean your room, do you just go in there and kind of shuffle the piles around a little bit, shove some stuff under your bed, maybe in the closet, and then, and then say, oh, the room's clean, and then go out and play? Well, that's disobedience. It needs to be all the way. Anything less than all the way is disobedience. Well, what about obeying with a happy heart? I heard a story of a father who had taken his five-year-old daughter to a basketball game, and, and, and his daughter was, was really excited to be there, and she, was, she kept trying to, trying to wander off, and her, her, her father kept telling her to come back. Now, he, he really should have dealt with it more firmly right away. It's, 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 it's not, not really good parenting. It's kind of like telling your parents... Or telling your kids that you have to do it by the time I count to three, what you're really training them is that one and two don't matter. Right? You really tell them it doesn't have to be right away. But anyway, this, this father finally said to his daughter, you are not allowed to go over that line there on the side of the court. And his, his, his daughter was, was angry. She was upset because she wanted to go and wander all over the place. And, 
And she said to her dad, she said, well, with my body, I'm on this side of the line, but in my mind, I'm over the line. Do you ever do that, kids? Do you ever obey your parents with your body, but disobey them with your mind? Now think about if they tell you to do the dishes and you're, you're banging the dishes around and, 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 sh and shoving the, 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 the cupboard doors closed, that's showing that you are being disobedient in your heart, in your mind. You're not doing it from a happy heart. So again, you must obey your parents right away, all the way, in a happy way. Anything less than that is disobedience. And you need to do it as unto the Lord. Do you see that there in verse 1? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, throughout the book of Ephesians, children, this term that is, is when it's used uh, in the Lord, refers specifically to Jesus Christ. So, so children, you're being told here to obey your parents because your ultimate obedience is to Jesus Christ. You can see that in the parallel verse from Colossians 3.20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. That when you obey your parents, it pleases Jesus. But what's the flip side of that? If obedience to your parents pleases Jesus, what does disobedience to your parents do? It displeases Jesus. You are disobeying Jesus when you disobey your parents. Now, this also means that if parents are telling you to sin, you have to respectfully say no. You know, I can't think of a circumstance here when, when our parents in this church would tell their parents specifically to sin. But, but if they are, you need to say no because I have to honor God. Okay? But you know what else that means? It means that if your parents are telling you to do something that isn't sin, then you have to do it. Right? And you have to do it right away, all the way, in a happy way. Now, children, I don't understand, I don't know if you understand that the privilege that you have to be raised in a home where Christ is king. To be raised in a home where your parents are seeking to worship God. Now again, we know that they don't do it perfectly. And know that they're not going to even obey Christ perfectly when they're raising you, that they're going to make mistakes when they do that. But you, when you obey your parents, you are obeying God. And when you disobey your parents, you are disobeying God. And when you disobey God, you have a lot worse things to worry about than whatever discipline your parents are going to give you. Because God must punish sin. God is a holy God and a just God, and He must punish sin. So that's a really good and really important reason why you need to obey your parents. But Paul gives another reason why you must obey your parents in verse 1. He says, for this is right. It's right to obey your parents. And, you know, it was right for children to obey their parents even 2,000 years ago in that, that pagan Greek culture where, where Paul wrote this letter. But it's, it's, it's even right to to obey your parents, even in this culture, in this pagan surrounding culture. And, it's, and, I, and I know that's, that's fading into the background. 
that overall it's still right for, for children to obey their parents. Most people would say that. But I think that what Paul is saying here is actually something different. I think he's saying here that, that, that obeying your parents is the right thing to do before the Lord. I think you can see that from the context. It's because he says that the, the commandment says it's right. Look at, at verses 2 and 3. He says, honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Now, does that sound familiar? We talked about it earlier. It's, it's one of the, the Ten Commandments, right? It's the Fifth Commandment. The Fifth Commandment. Back in Exodus 20.12, when, when the Lord wrote in His own hand, He wrote on those tablets of stone what those Ten Commandments or those Ten Words are. He says, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Moses says it again in Deuteronomy 5.16. By the way, do you know what Deuteronomy means? Deuteronomy means second word. Okay, so what, what's happening there in Deuteronomy is just before the people are entering into the promised land, and so, so Moses here is giving them the law the second time to remind them of what behavior God is requiring of them. So here's Deuteronomy 5.16. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. What does it mean to honor someone? It means to hold them in high regard. Right? It means to consider them to be important. It means to respect them. It means to submit to their authority. Now again, your parents aren't always going to do it right. They're going to make mistakes. And, and there's going to be times that, that, that they do things that are going to make you mad or miraculously are going to reveal the anger that's in your heart already. You know, you still have to honor them. Like we told parents that, that the, the, the command for a, a wife to submit to her husband is not dependent on, on him loving her as he should. Likewise, the command for a, a husband to love his wife is not dependent on her submitting to him as she should. Your, the command for you to, to honor your father and mother is dependent upon the Lord because it's his command. When I was a kid, we, we'd say that if, we, if there was someone that we felt was bossing us around, we'd say, you're not the boss of me. Do kids still say that? You're not the boss of me? Well, your parents are the boss of you. God has given them that responsibility. They are the boss of you. You have to honor your father and your mother. You have to honor both of them. Just like in, in verse 1, it's obey your parents, plural. It's both of them, your father and your mother. And, and you know, part of, of what I think that means is, is not in, in honoring them both, is, is holding them both in, in high regard. And practically that means not trying to play them off against each other. Do you ever do that? Do you ever go in and ask one of your parents, well, can I go over and play at Susie's house? And then, say, your dad says no, and you really don't like that answer, so you go and ask your mom, and then she says yes. Yeah. So what you're really doing is, is putting your parents against each other, and you're, that's sinning. That's not honoring your parents. It's not being obedient to them. Or if you say to them, well, dad says yes, 
right? When mom says, no, that's, that's, that's not the way it's to work. You need to honor both of your parents. They work together for your upbringing. Now, as we'll talk about next week, your father has the ultimate authority. He has the ultimate authority in the home. But you are to honor both of them. You need to submit to both of them. Can you think of any examples of, of anyone who has honored their parents perfectly? Is there anybody you can think of who honored their parents perfectly? He's the only one who's ever done anything perfectly. Right? He also did everything perfectly. Who am I talking about? Jesus. Right? Jesus honored his earthly parents Joseph and Mary perfectly. Now he knew that they weren't perfect. Right? Jesus knew their hearts. He, he knew that they were, they were sinners. But he still obeyed them perfectly. He still honored them perfectly. Even though he was God in human flesh. He still submitted to his earthly parents. And so he is the standard in that. The, the obedience of Jesus to his parents is our standard in our obedience and honoring of our parents. You can see that in, the, in your Bible in Luke chapter 2. If you know the story, when, when Jesus was 12 years old, he went missing. Now, imagine what was going through his parents' minds when, when he went missing. It was quite a long time. It was, I think it was like a day before they, they knew where he was. They were scared. But they went to the temple. And there they found him sitting with the teachers and discussing the word of God with them. And they asked him, well, why did you do this to us? We were worried about you. Do you know what he says? He says, don't you know that I must be about my father's business or that I must be in my father's house? But his parents didn't understand. They didn't get it. They didn't know really at that point who he was, but you know what? He still respected them. He's 12 years old, that the king of kings, the one who was, was holding the universe together by the word of his power, submitted to his parents and followed them back to Nazareth. They say that in Luke 2.51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Jesus did that. And Paul goes on in, in verse 2, when he, when he says that this, or sorry, he goes on later in this verse, he says when the, when he says in brackets, this is the first command with a promise. This is the fifth command, but it's the first command with a promise. When the, when the Ten Commandments were given in, in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, the command to honor your father and mother is really the only commandment that has a promise. Now, some, some would say that, that verse 2 has a promise, but it's really more of an that sort of the second command has a promise, but it's really more of an explanation. This fifth commandment is the only command with a promise. And here in Ephesians 6.3, the Apostle Paul is quoting from the Septuagint. You've heard me use that word before. The Septuagint is the, the Old Testament written in Greek. Okay, the first translation of the, bio, of the Old Testament, even though it was written in Hebrew, was translated into Greek. And so quite often when when the, the writers of the New Testament quote the Old Testament, they're quoting it in Greek. Okay, there's some 
some, some minor differences in, in the Septuagint. Let me read it for you in English. Honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the good land which the Lord your God gives to you. Okay, it's really, it's, it's, the, the principle is there in both, in both Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, um, but they're brought together here in the Septuagint. But, but do you see the promise there? That's the important part. Do you see the promise? It's, it's really two promises. Listen carefully. That it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Well, what are the two promises there? That it may go well with you. Right? And that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Those are the two promises there from the Septuagint. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 3, Paul says it a little bit differently. Okay, see if you, can, if you can spot the difference. He says, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. You see that there's, there's a difference there. Did you pick up what it was? He says that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Well, before we get into the difference, let's look at the part that's the same. He says that it may go well with you. It's simply that it, it will go better for you if you honor your parents. That it will go better for you, even in your, in your family relationships, it will go better if you honor your parents as God commands you to. But it's not just that. Your, your life in general will go more smoothly if you honor your parents. You know, I really wish that, that I had honored my parents when I was young. There was so much pain and so many trials that I could have avoided if I had to listen to my parents as God commanded me to. And I so wish that I could make you see this. My prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit will help you to understand what this is that you can avoid many of the, the same foolish, sinful things that I do. The second promise is that you may live long in the land. It's really related to the first one. But you see the difference from what's there in the Old Testament. Paul doesn't say that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. He just says that you may live long in the land. Well, why do you think that might be? Well, it's because in the Old Testament, Paul was writing to, to Jews. Old Testament Jews, those to whom he had given the promise that they would inherit the land of Israel. But here he was writing to Ephesians. There, there were... They were mostly Greeks. And so they hadn't received the same promise. And just like, we're not Jews. So we haven't been given the same promise of the land like Old Testament Israel was. So we don't have that promise. But we do have the promise that you may live long in, that you may live long in the land. The promise of long life is there for us. Now, of course there are exceptions. There's exceptions to, to, to that. And, you know, I think of, of my friend Luke who was, was killed by a drunk driver. He didn't live long in the land. You know, I think of, I, I think of, of many of the, the people we pray for, for the Christians that we pray for in the persecuted church who are laying their lives down for the gospel. Many of them are children. There are children who are Christians who are dying for their faith at this very moment. They don't live long in the land either. Think especially of Jesus. He honored his parents 
better than anyone ever did or ever will. And he didn't really live long in the land. So those are the exceptions. But, but most of the time, most of the time when you honor your parents, you will live a longer life. Is the boy who doesn't obey his parents when they tell him not to run out in the street, is he going to live long in the land? Probably not. You know, or the daughter who, who doesn't obey her parents when they warn her about bad boys. She's in danger. And she's less likely to live long in the land. Or the son who doesn't listen when his parents tell him to avoid drugs. He's not likely to live long in the land. Now for you guys here, those decisions might seem like a long way off. But, but for the girl who, who, who goes out with a, with, a, with a bad boy, or for the, the boy who, who gets into drugs, or vice versa. You know, for the, the, the boy who goes out with a bad girl, or for the girl who, who, who goes after drugs. Those decisions to do those things are really the result of a whole bunch of, of early decisions. The, the, the decisions that, that, that you make when you say, I'm not going to honor my parents, I'm not going to obey them, I'm going to do what I want, when I want, those decisions add up until you get to a point when you are, are older and those decisions that you make to dishonor your parents are a lot more dangerous and the consequences are a whole lot worse. But the biggest problem that you will have if you do not honor your parents and obey your parents is not even those consequences in this life. The consequences of dishonoring your parents are eternal. Now you really need to understand this. Like I said earlier, God is a holy God and he must punish sin. And God takes every disobedience seriously. Every time you dishonor your parents, God is angry. And you're storing up wrath for yourself. Do you understand that? This is not, this is not just like the Berenstein Bears. This is real life. God is serious about you and your sin. And you know you haven't obeyed this command, don't you? You never really obeyed this command that God is commanding you to. And you know that really all too often you don't even want to obey this command, right? Because you want to do what you want to do when you want to do it and you don't want your parents to get in the way. Unless the Holy Spirit does a work in your heart, you will never want to obey this command. You will never be able to obey this command. The Apostle Paul tells us in, in Philippians 2, 12 and 13 that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to work according to his good pleasure. So the desire to obey God, the desire to obey God by obeying your parents needs to come from God. 
the ability to obey your parents because you want to obey God also comes from God. So if you are not here as a Christian this morning, you are never going to obey your parents. With every disobedience, you are storing up God's wrath for yourself. But there's good news for you. There's good news in all of this. That even in your disobedience, God has provided a way. He provided someone who obeyed perfectly. He provided someone who obeyed his earthly parents perfectly because he wanted to obey his heavenly father perfectly. God the Father provided Jesus, provided his son who obeyed perfectly. Every moment of every day, he obeyed not just his earthly parents, but his heavenly father perfectly. Every command, he obeyed perfectly. But we know what happened to Jesus, don't we? That when he was on that cross, even though he had never sinned, even though he had obeyed his father perfectly, the father poured out his wrath on his own son, on his perfect son. And so Jesus provides the way. When you turn away from your sin, not just from disobedience to your parents, but when you turn away from all of your sin and say, I want to follow Jesus, I believe in him. Do you know what happens? God takes all of those disobediences, all of those times that you ignored your parents, all of those times that you sinned against them, that you sinned against him, he takes all of those and he puts them on his son. So that Jesus bore the guilt for you. That's not all. That every righteousness, every obedience that Jesus did, he credits that to you. He gives that to you as, as though it's your perfect record. So all of your sin goes to Jesus and all of his righteousness goes to you. That's the core of the gospel. This is the gospel that your parents believe. This is the gospel that, that has given them new life in Christ. And this is the gospel that you need to receive in order to, to have that same new life. You need to be born again. You can't just ride on your parents' faith. You need to have your own faith in the Lord. If you are old enough to understand what I'm talking about here, you're old enough to understand the gospel. It is so simple that a child can understand it. And you guys are all old enough to understand you're all old enough to turn away from your sin and to put your faith in Jesus. Are you going to do that? Are you going to follow Jesus? I, I really, I'm praying for you that, that you would that you would turn away from your sin, that you would, would follow Jesus. I'm praying for you that you would go and talk to your parents. You would talk to someone in this church and say, yes, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I don't want to live for sin. I want to live for Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm guilty. I need his righteousness. Do you want that? That's what is being offered to you this morning. Not for me. I'm just the messenger. This is what is being offered to you by God. 
So I'm going to pray to the Lord right now for you. And I'm going to, to encourage you to turn and to follow Jesus. Let's pray together.